Hey beautiful, it's Lisa and this is Beauty Beyond the Trail, the podcast designed for women who want to find hope and healing in the midst of betrayal, trauma, and loss. Each week I help you navigate the murky waters of betrayal trauma by bringing you insight, wisdom, and ways to overcome the trauma and loss that you've experienced. I help you explore ways to heal, recover, and redesign your life the way you desire it to be. One that is lived passionately, out loud, on purpose, full of impact, joyful, and free, the way God intended it to be. I also bring in all things Jesus because he's the one who ultimately brings us into our healing and freedom from betrayal trauma. So beautiful, grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, pull up a chair, and focus on yourself for the next few minutes. Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life redesigned. Hey ladies, I received a message from a podcast listener and I wanted to share it with you today and today's broadcast is actually going to answer the question that she had within the context. So the message read, Hey Lisa, I just listened to your podcast and I feel as though I met you for a reason. I heard the podcast and in it you revealed that you've been on both sides of betrayal. I was also the betrayer at one time. It is with deep remorse that I was, and it's almost been a year and a half since, and I am still trying to find myself. But you are a strong presence of love, hope, and joy. And so out of curiosity, I decided to listen, and I'm glad I did. I hope you can do some episodes on what it's like to rebuild yourself after you betray your own self and morals and the hurt that you've caused other people, or even a general podcast of growing spiritually, as that is what I'm feeling I'm called to do, as well as live in joy. I am so grateful I have crossed paths with you and wish you all the best. T, thank you so much for your message. It's so warmed my heart to know that the podcast is bringing you hope and healing, that you're finding joy in the midst of it. And, you know, that's my goal. That's my mission. My desire deep within is to bring women hope and healing in the midst of betrayal trauma. And that's both-sided. And so today, I really want to uh, focus this episode on how I betrayed myself. And through this, I'm hoping it helps those who have actually been on the side of being the betrayer, because it is really a hard side to be on. And like I've shared in some of my episodes before, I've been on both sides. I've been the betrayer and I've been the betrayed. And both sides have their own difficulties. And I know that when we are the betrayed, we don't think of it that way. But there is a bondage that comes with it that I kind of want to address today. So with that said, welcome back ladies to Beauty Beyond Betrayal. We're going to kind of dive deep into that today. We're going to hear a little bit of my, my story when I was 25 years old and how I betrayed myself. Now, I know some of you are probably going to think, wait a minute, how you betrayed yourself? Didn't you betray your husband that you were married to at that time? Yes, I did. Uh, Didn't you betray your family, Elisa? Uh, Yes, I did. Didn't you betray your children, your friends? Yes, I did. But I also betrayed myself. 
And it's something we need to look at deep down inside because it gives us a perspective that I think a lot of times we miss and we need to address it so that we can see how betrayal damages the betrayer at a deep level. We always look at it as the one who's betrayed is the one that is so damaged by the betrayal. But ladies, hear me on this. As a betrayer, you're damaged as well. It wrecks you to the core. You don't realize it in the midst of the betrayal when you're in that bubble, so to speak. You know, I call it the bubble of insanity where you are in the midst of the betrayal and all you can think about is yourself, you're self-absorbed. But when the bubble bursts and you come out of it, you recognize the damage that you've done to yourself as well. So we're going to dive into that today, ladies. And I ask you ahead of time for some grace because there are those that when you share your story have a tendency to judge. But by the grace of God, I am so, so happy and content with the fact that my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has forgiven me of the sin that I committed back when I was 25 as a betrayer. So we're going to dive into that today. So as I said, when I was 25 years old, I was in the midst of an affair. My marriage had been rocky for years. And let me say this as a disclaimer up front in the, in the beginning of this broadcast, ladies, that I don't care how bad a marriage is. I don't care what kind of problems that you are having. It does not give us the right to enter into an affair. A bad marriage marital problems, be they financial, uh, be they sexual, um, and aside from abuse and stuff like that. And that's not what I'm talking about here. But even so, if you're in an abusive relationship, to jump over to an affair is definitely not going to fix it. I would say that if you're in an abusive relationship, the first thing you need to do is you need to seek safety and you need to find someone to help you get out of that abusive relationship quickly for your own good and for the sake of your family and for the sake of your safety. But it doesn't give us the right to have an affair. So first and foremost, I want to say that up front. There's nothing that justifies an affair at all. So at 25, I became very self-absorbed and within myself, I was lacking and I didn't realize how much I was lacking, but I was lacking self-confidence. Um, I was lacking self-worth and a man started showing me some attention and I gravitated to it. Why? Because it fed my ego, because it fed the lack of self-worth and, and the lack of feeling good about myself. And he said the, all the right words. He made all the right actions. And because of that, I found myself gravitating to him. And in the process, I put myself in situations that enabled me to walk into an affair. Now, did you notice what I just said? I hope you did, ladies. Because the reality is, you don't fall into an affair. You don't fall into a one-night stand. That's a misnomer. It's not reality. And I know that that's an excuse that a lot of betrayers use. Oh, I fell into it. Oh, I went out and got drunk with the guys or the girls, and I had a one-night stand. Well, the truth of the matter is, we fall into it, so to speak, because we 
put ourselves into that situation, and we did so willingly. And so I did that. I was working with this gentleman and saw him every single day. And the flirtation started, and I started engaging in it. And then all of a sudden, we were having lunches together or dinners together, or I would stay after work. And before I knew it, I was romantically involved, emotionally at first, and then sexually. And the affair not only escalated to where I would um, work long shifts just so that I could be around this gentleman, but also I started scheduling myself to be able to see him. And I became so absorbed with it, it was like an addiction. I found myself taking away from my family. Instead of investing in my family, I started taking time away from my family to spend with this gentleman. And as it grew, I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm not in a good marriage, so let me go ahead and just tell my husband at the time about the affair, and then I can kind of just have my cake and eat it too, so to speak, because I had two young children. And my thought process is, because I'm so self-absorbed at that time, and I can't see the forest for the trees, I'm, I'm in the stupor, the betrayal stupor, that bubble that I talked about earlier, to where all I could see was what I wanted. I felt like if I came clean, if I told uh, my husband at the time what was going on, that, you know, he realized we had a bad marriage, that he would move on, I could have the kids, and I could step into the res- this relationship full force, and my life would be grandioso. But the reality is that I wounded somebody terribly. I remember the day that I sat down to tell my husband at the time that I was in love with another man and I had been having an affair with him for months. And I remember the look on his face. I'll never forget it. And I remember the anguish. But I also remember the words, just stop and we'll rebuild. And ladies, I will tell you, could it have been rebelled? I don't know. On, on this side of it, I, I really don't know. But I didn't give it the opportunity because I was so self-absorbed and it was all about me. I was not thinking about my children. I was not thinking about their livelihood. I was thinking about what I wanted. So I did everything I could to continue to wound that relationship that was already broken and had been broken for seven years. I continued to wound it until such a time as I moved out, took my kids, and ran, thinking that I would be able to move on with my life and go on and everything would be okay. But I can tell you that's not how it ended. Actually, ladies, what transpired was I thought I was going to move into this now affair relationship that was going to become my main relationship. I was going to divorce my husband and my kids and I would live happily ever after in this new relationship. It never works that way. You actually not only wound those that you betray, but you wound your children, you wound your family, and ultimately you betray yourself. And that's exactly what I did. Because while I was in the midst of that stupor, my husband at the time filed for divorce and also filed for temporary emergency custody. Because where I lived at the time in the state of South Carolina, it is against the law to commit adultery. Yes, it is. And that's an offense. And you can lose custody of your children. 
over adultery. Now, I was naive and thought I could beat the system. (laughs) Well, you can't always beat the system. And I did not beat the system. Because fast forward, I not only lost custody of my children, but I had limited availability to them because I was deemed unfit because of adultery, because I was putting my own needs before my needs of my children. And still to this day, this is very hard to say, but it's truth. And the truth is what sets us free, ladies. And so that's why with vulnerability, I share my heart with you today. So yes, I put my needs before my children. And it was agonizing. I can remember visitations with them and it was it was excruciating. The pain and the suffering that they went through, the pain and the suffering that I went through, that their father went through, we all went through. But did it stop me? No. And I know some of you are probably sitting there saying, how could you do this, Lisa? How could you not wake up out of that stupor and put your children first and, you know, just quit all of that? Well, unless you are in the midst of it, you can't know what it's like because it is like an addiction at that point. And you have to be shaken from it. You have to wake up from it because it is literally like a fantasy world that you are in at the time. It's like your drug of choice that keeps on going and going and going. And in the midst of all of this, when I lost custody of my children, to help me not to face that fact, because I was still so self-absorbed, I started to self-medicate. I started drinking and I started partying and I started just going through the motions of all of these things, thinking that, you know, I can, I can continue down this road and I can continue to medicate myself so I don't feel as much, but I still was going to move forward in what I wanted instead of what was right. And ladies, this went on for five years. And yes, I ended up marrying the man that I had an affair with, but it only lasted five years. And I can tell you that part that most of that five years is a blur to me. It's almost like by the grace of God that it has been blotted out from my memory. There are only bits and pieces that I can remember because it was such a sinful part of my life. He was an atheist. He was so far removed from the upbringing I had, which was God-centered. My life was so sinful and during that time. And, and I really honestly believe that God has blotted a lot of that out of my memory. And I'm so grateful for it. But there came a time at 30 years old that I woke up. And the reason why is because the one that I had had the affair with, the one that I had betrayed my family over, the one that I had betrayed myself with, turned around and betrayed me. Yep, you heard me right. He betrayed me, and the woman he betrayed me with, he got her pregnant. And I actually walked in on them, and I'll never forget it. It is it is something that is embedded in your mind. And I left where he was. Uh, he was actually at work when I walked in. And I left there, went home, threw all of his things out, and filed for a divorce the next day. And was so numb, because all of a sudden, I realized not only... Had I ruined my life 
I betrayed myself, but I had wounded my children. I had wounded my family. I had wounded the father of my children. And now I had lost custody of them. The man that I had betrayed my husband with, that I ended up marrying, had betrayed me. And I was left with nothing, absolutely nothing. And there I was in the state of Georgia, alone, away from family, distraught. And I thought, what have I done? And I remember the depression was so great. And I remember thinking, what do I even have to live for anymore? It was one of the most dark periods of my life because I realized, finally woke up and realized what I had done. But God in his mercy, (laughs) but God, (laughs) God in his mercy stepped in and he utilized a woman that I was working with at the time, who recognized the depression and the spiral darkness that I was in. And she reached out to me and said, Lisa, I know that you have been self-medicating. You have been um, going through a lot. Why don't you just go to church with me? And listen, ladies, at that point, you know, I had been living such a sinful life for five years the last thing I wanted to do was step into a church because I didn't feel worthy to step into a church. So I kept putting her off and putting her off and putting her off, but she kept on and on and on until finally one day I said, okay, fine, I'll visit church with you if you just quit nagging me. And so I went and then I went back again and then I went back again and She was a part of the worship team and knew that I loved to sing because I would sing around the office. And she invited me to come to some of their practices. And do you know that the worship team embraced me? They knew my life. They knew what I had just come out of, but they embraced me. And God used that. And through a series of months and events, I ended up surrendering my heart to God and pouring out just the pain and the suffering and the guilt and the condemnation and just confessing everything that I had done, the betrayal, how I had wounded everyone. And I sought his forgiveness and he raised me up in newness of life. And I was 30 years old. And I remember just being able to breathe again. I remember feeling clean for the first time in five years. And ladies, how I started to walk it out from that point and rebuild myself was I started to go first off and foremost to the people that I had wounded and asking their forgiveness. I knew that God had forgiven me, but I also needed them to know I had sinned against them as well, that I was so, so sorry. And I asked their forgiveness. Now, I knew that they didn't have to forgive me, but I still needed to seek their forgiveness. So one by one, my parents, family members, my ex-husband, and eventually my children, I sought their forgiveness. And through that, I began to go to church and bring people into my life, allow people into my life that were life-giving, that were following God, that were seeking to live a life that was pleasing unto Him. And I started to rebuild. 
I started to focus in on things that were life-giving and full of joy and purpose and that were pure and holy and character-building. And through all of this, my life started to change. Until it came to a point where in my new church that I was in, some people knew my testimony. And we were having a ladies' night, and they had asked me if I would be so kind as to get up and share what God had done into my life. And ladies, I will tell you, that terror struck my heart. Because I thought, if people only really knew what I've done, they would not want to be around me. I mean, I I had been deemed unworthy to have custody of my children because of this adultery. I had betrayed my ex-husband. I had an adulterous affair. Like I wore this big scarlet letter on my chest. And I thought if people saw me for what I had done, they would not associate with me and I would be all alone. But God in his mercy spoke to my heart and said, I need you to share your testimony. And I did. And from that time, ladies, I want you to know that I've continued to do so. And I'm vulnerable, I'm raw, I'm real, very transparent. And I share it in hopes that my testimony will bring hope and healing to another woman. You see, the truth of the matter is, yes, we are all sinful. And we've all made choices that have led us down dark, dismal roads that can lead to death. It can be the death of a relationship. It can be, you know, the death of our health even. I mean, it can, it can cause so many difficulties in our life. But God can resurrect anything. And he has, you know, through the process of rebuilding my life, God brought back my children, not through a court case, but through their dad realizing that I had true change of heart. There was fruit in keeping in repentance and they came back. And not only did they come back, but I have the most incredible relationship with my girls and everything that the locust had eaten through my sinful choices, God in his mercy restored a hundredfold. The days that I had missed from school with my children, I now got to experience with my grandchildren. The losing of teeth, now I got to pull the teeth of my grandkids. And I know those they seem like little things, but it's things that mean such greatness to a mom. And now I got to experience those things at a much, much deeper level because I valued every moment. Yes, ladies, even though we may betray ourselves and we may betray our families, we can be rebuilt. We can be forgiven of the, of the sin of the adulterous affair. We can reaffirm our moral values and we can then have hurtful relationships, damaged relationships repaired and go on to be better than ever before. But it truly begins with breaking open the bubble of being self-absorbed, of it being all about us, and realizing that our selfishness leads to betrayal. We need to wake up and realize that we've been given a gift called this life, and that God's ways are far above our ways. 
and they are so much better. He can resurrect anything. So I want to encourage you today, if you are a woman who has been the betrayer and you feel like I can never, ever rebuild my life, I want to encourage you and bring hope today that yes, you can. But first, it starts with repentance. It starts with living a life that is aligned with God. And it also requires you to forgive yourself. And ladies, that was the hardest part for me, to forgive myself for being so selfish and being so self-centered, for putting myself above others. And once I realized that God forgave me, who am I not to forgive myself? I was finally able to lay that down. And once I did, I started walk in, walking into a freedom that I never thought was possible. And I realized that if God forgave me and no longer was judging me, then why was I fearing the judgment of man? Because if God be for me, who can be against me? So no longer do I fear the judgment of man. Yes, I was a betrayer at one point, And I've also been the betrayed. And on either side of that coin, I have to recognize that there will be those who will judge me. But God in his infinite mercy has forgiven me. So I can walk in forgiveness and I can forgive myself and I can hold my head up high and I can rise up from the ashes of betrayal and the trauma and loss that it brings into a brand new vibrant life. And ladies, I encourage you to do the same today. So I pray that it helped you, T. Thank you for your question, for that beautiful message that you sent to me. And ladies, if this broadcast has helped you because you've been the betrayer, leave me a review. I'd love to hear from you and message me. I would love to hear how this spoke to your heart today. And if you're struggling and you need to dive a little deeper in this, then reach out to me and let's talk. I have my link in the show notes below. Be blessed, ladies. And until next time, remember, hold your head high, rise above the ashes of betrayal and loss because God died so that you could have abundant life here now and today. Cheers, beautiful. Hey, beautiful. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, something really hit you in one of the moments, or you were inspired to take the next step in your healing, reach out to me and by all means, leave a review. This is the highest compliment I can receive. And make sure to screenshot this episode. Share us out on IG and Facebook stories. Tag me at Beauty Beyond Betrayal Podcast, and I'll give you a huge shout out as well. And if you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and redesign your life and relationships in the way you desire them to be, hit me up in the DM. I would love to hear from you and connect. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of all circumstances that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful. Beautiful.